Hello and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. In the next few minutes, let's take time to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. We hope this message will lead you to know Him better and help you develop a love for His Word. Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful for Your love, Father, which You bestowed upon us through Your Son, Jesus. Lord, You said there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out every fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Lord, because of what you have done to take our sins upon yourself, Father, we are recipients not only of your forgiveness and reconciliation, but Lord, a life-giving relationship with you for all eternity. So Lord, continue to fill us, Father, with the knowledge of your love that we might walk with in a manner worthy of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, for this morning, uh, we are going to be reflecting upon the book of Psalm 65. And I'm just going to read the verse portion by portion because as I've uh, reflected on this particular uh, psalm, there's three parts to this. And uh, um, I think what's best is rather than reading the, the whole psalm in one, in one um, uh, recitation, if you will, I'll read portions of it, make some comments, and hear from God what He wants to minister to us today. Psalm 65, verses 1 to 4, I'm reading out of the NIV. It says this, Praise awaits you, our God, in Zion. To you, our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those who you choose to bring near to live in in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. Now, we see here that Psalm 65 is a public thanksgiving psalm. As I said before, there are many kinds of psalms. Um, You know, there's um, wisdom psalms, messianic, lament. But here in this particular case, and because in the breadth of the experiences we go through in life, God always has something for us uh, to to reflect upon Him and the journey that we are going through. And so, this is a time of thanksgiving. we know there's always something to thank God for. And he's, the psalmist is giving a thanksgiving psalm and a prayer for God's blessing. This is to invite the people to worship and to rejoice in His goodness. And so you can imagine, you know, as they're approaching the, the temple, you know, the, the worshipers in Israel were invited to do this. Now, I want to give you three reasons from this text and the rest that we will be reading why we can be thankful and rejoice in God. And the first one is from this text is this. The Lord forgives us our sins that we might live in and be filled with good things in His house. We see here uh, the open invitation of God to anybody. You know, God will never reject anyone who comes to Him in humility and brokenness over the sin in their lives. And here God assures us, you know, if you come to Him, Uh, when you're overwhelmed with your transgressions, you feel an overwhelming sense of guilt. He says, God will forgive you. Why? Because of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so forgiveness in and of itself is already the most wonderful blessing, isn't it, that we can have. That we are no longer burdened by the guilt and the shame of our transgressions. But see, that's not the end of it. As much as forgiveness is important, it's still only a means to an end. And what is God's uh, intention? He forgave us as we've repented and humbled ourselves so that we can be reconciled to Him and have an ongoing relationship. That's the whole point. 
forgiveness brings us back, you know, to, to, uh, to a, a fresh place of relationship with Him. So, God's desire is for us to have an ongoing relationship and to experience His blessing in His house, which is, you know, yes, the temple in the Old Testament, but in, uh, in, uh, among ourselves in community, and of course, we are the temple of the living God. And the point is this, we are given access to God so that we can enjoy living in uh, ongoing relationship. And the, the implication is this, however, as I thought about this, if God has forgiven you of your sins, it's important two things. Number one, we forgive ourselves that we don't walk in shame and guilt and condemnation. Sometimes we still remind God of what we have done when in fact God has said, as far as the east from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us, he doesn't remember them anymore the moment you confess and repent. But the other one is this, um, have you also forgiven others who have sinned against you? And as we reflect upon this, I believe it's good for us in as much as God's forgiven us then let's make a choice to forgive others, no matter how painful uh, the, the pain that we've suffered. Um, if we want to walk in the blessing of God, let's receive His forgiveness and release forgiveness. Number two, blessing, why we can rejoice, is in verses 5 to 8. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. You who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. The second reason that we can praise and rejoice and be thankful to God is because the world is filled with awe at the power of God to rescue His people and to still the turmoil of the nations. See, God is not only powerful in creating the heavens and the earth, as the psalmist was declaring, but He is also righteous in all His deeds. That means He is, uh, you know, He is just, He is holy, He's not capricious, He just doesn't zap people. Uh, you know, there's a reason when He brings His judgments and His righteousness. What, what is, where am I uh, going here? Because if you look at the history of Israel, he was talking about the awesome deeds of God. And the defining moments of Israel as a nation were two things. One was the deliverance from slavery in Egypt. You know, when he dealt with Pharaoh, sent the plagues, and finally brought a plague on the firstborn, and then finally Pharaoh had to let him go. And that's a pretty serious judgment, isn't it? And we wonder, why did God do that? And of course, the second one was, the second defining moment was when they conquered the land of Canaan and drove out and destroyed the nations around them. Now, when you think about this, we, these were not just displays of power and might. These were righteous deeds. Why? Because of the evil that those nations had done. And so it's important for us to understand that God is righteous when He deals with the nations and to deal with the oppression and to deal with the corruption in the nations. And so here, the implication for us is this. You know, when we see what's happening around the world, this pandemic has brought about political and economic crises, isn't it? And social upheaval. Um, and we feel like sometimes, Lord, uh, you know, it's bringing out, uh, sometimes crisis brings out not the best in people, but the worst. But let me tell you this, God's going to deal with the nations, the oppression, the corruption, as we pray. Because God not only stills, uh, and not only God makes the mountains, but He stills the turmoil. It says here, the roaring of the seas. And in pagan literature, 
the roaring of the seas is an allusion to the threats of the powerful nations that were oppressing them. Let me tell you this, God will deal with the oppression. God will deal with the corruption that's going on in the world right now, in our nation, and he will deal with it in righteousness as we pray. And finally, number three, let me read verse nine to 13. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and it, they level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crop. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. The third reason why we can be thankful and rejoice in the Lord is because the Lord abundantly provides for His creation and people that they might rejoice in Him. You know, we see the Lord's superintending care, not just for the creation, but more importantly, for His covenant people. Now, you have to understand this. You know, he, you know His blessing of rain and water are not just natural blessings. You know, for us here in the Philippines, I mean, it's, it's been raining, isn't it, almost every night or every afternoon. And we sometimes take it for granted. Aren't you glad we haven't really experienced major flooding thus far, at least here in Metro Manila? But the point is this, for Israel, which lived in mostly in an arid and desert place, you know, the, the, the rains coming were not just natural blessing, it was covenantal blessing. In other words, it was because God had promised rain. See, if, if God were not faithful to His promise, then there would be no assurance that the rains would come. Why would the rains be so important? Because that's what would water the crops so that they can have a harvest, that they can feed their families. And so rain in its season was a sign of God's covenant faithfulness to His people. And see here, we don't have time, but the blessing was comprehensive. Think about this. You know, the grasslands, the hills, the meadows, the valleys, all benefited from His superintending care. And so in, in, in closing, I want to just uh, say this to you. We are certainly experiencing a time of famine economically, isn't it? Because the whole nation is affected. Uh, you may be experiencing this individually, or you may be not. Maybe you're still in a place of abundance, but perhaps many of us are experiencing a famine of sorts. May the rains that we see every day, e even for this past weeks, may it be a sign from God to let you know that His superintending care is not going to be uh, it's not going to stop. May the rains remind us, just as He did to the people of Israel, that God truly cares. And we know the rains are important for us as well, isn't it? Because that's where our crops are able to grow. And from these crops, God feeds us and God provides for all of us. Let me pray for you all as we end our time. Father, we're grateful that you do, Father, show your covenant faithfulness. That's why we can rejoice and be grateful. Just as David the psalmist was thankful, Lord, for, Lord, for your forgiveness, for your uh, dealing righteously with the nations, and your provision of abundance of rain and water in the land. Father, we are grateful that this, this is a sign, Father, that truly you are righteous, you're faithful, and you care for us as your people. So, Lord, may we... Again, be strengthened in our faith for what is up ahead for our lives. And continue to believe you, Lord, that your promises are going to be fulfilled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, 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 oh,
As we end our time, this might be an unusual prayer, but may the rain of God pour out upon your lives. The rain, not just the physical rain, but the rain of His presence, the rain of His blessing. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to the Victory Devotional Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. If you'd like to watch these messages every morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.